Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott, alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean. Hey. What's happening, man? Just uh, an average December day here in the nation's capital as we lead into the Christmas times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Christmas times are here. Yeah. Obviously, our our attention is a pulled to the next curling event, right? Absolutely. It is time for the 2021 Canadian Mixed Doubles Olympic Curling Trials. That is a mouthful. Uh, That is an event that is going to be sponsored by somebody. I I have no idea who. Canadins. Okay, yes. The Canadins Canadian Mixed Doubles Curling Trials taking place next week in Manitoba. The Manitoba provincial government has given the green light to this event as we record this. Things, of course, can certainly change and are changing around the world. But as we speak, this event is scheduled to kick off next week as 16 teams head to Manitoba for the opportunity to win and represent Canada in Beijing in February at the Mixed Doubles curling event scott are you excited for the mixed doubles curling trials i'm kind of excited yeah i think mixed doubles is a fun discipline of curling i I enjoy watching it Uh, the games are short the action is intense all the players that are playing are great shot makers so it'll be fun to watch we've got uh, coverage on cbc digitally so uh, cbc gem or cbcsports.ca and I believe Joanne Courtney is going to be on the mic. I forget who the play-by-play will be. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a a good show. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, this is not the first time that CBC has leaned into the mixed doubles for the coverage. So it'll be fun to see them. Uh, They do a pretty good job with it. And yeah, as Scott said, Joanne Courtney will be there on the call because she did not qualify. Her and Darren Molding did not have enough points and did not win the correct events to qualify. So Scott, we are going to go through this and talk about a fact or fiction for the mixed doubles curling trials. I have six statements here. You will tell me if they are fact or fiction as we look ahead to what will happen next week. And the first one actually speaks to the qualification process. Scott, the first statement, fact or fiction, the qualification process made sense. Fact. Sean, fact, the qualification process made complete sense. Uh, It was very uh, clearly laid out that uh, the Canadian mixed doubles rankings, uh, there was two cutoff dates for that. There was the the mixed doubles nationals last year. There was uh, some direct entry Bonspiel berths. And uh, a couple people got invited uh, because of people who declined their berths. So yeah, it made, it made perfect sense to me. Okay, so there you have it. There are 16 teams. Yeah, the, the teams that were invited were Bobby Sauter and Brendan Botcher and Lauren Wasaklu and Shane Konings. I'm sure I say Lauren's name incorrectly, and I apologize 
For that, of course, Jocelyn Peterman and Brett Gallant, the top-ranked team on the mixed doubles rankings, they are not going to compete, given that they are both heading to the Olympics on the four-person side. So if we go through the field, yeah, there was clear-ish rules as to how you qualified. You can make an argument that the mixed doubles point system is flawed, and a lot of people have made that argument that too much is given to the four-person game to get you the points into the mixed doubles, and that there needs to be, as we head into the new quad, some sort of reassessment of how points are going to be distributed for mixed doubles players. But overall, I agree. Curling Canada did have to kind of change things up, given that we didn't have a season a couple years ago. But as we sit here today, I'm okay with how it went. You know, I'm sure there are people who aren't, but for this scenario, for this quad, it's fine. We'll have to see what happens in the next quad. If they do make some adjustments to focus more on pure mixed doubles events in terms of how these points are going to be distributed. Yeah, there's two teams that uh, made it in just on Canadian mixed doubles rankings, excluding the CTRS points. Uh, and that's the Tux and Emily and Robert Desjardins. So uh, they, there was some consideration of the true mixed double specialists uh, getting a chance at this, but you're right. The, the, the CTRS points do seem to wait pretty, put the, their finger on the scale a little bit too much. All right. So let's move on to statement number two, Scott, fact or fiction, the pools are even and neither pool is necessarily stronger than the other one. Sean, at first glance, I would say pool B is stronger than pool A, but then I look over at pool A and I'm like, damn, damn, there's a lot of good curlers on pool A too. Um, (laughs) Maybe because the Desjardins and uh, the Ontario team of Lauren and Shane, uh, whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce, they're they're in pool A. (laughs) Maybe that brings pool A like a little bit lower because they're names that we don't associate with high performance curling, but that's crazy because they both uh, been at mixed doubles championships uh, and done quite well. So first glance, I would say, Oh, pool B is much stronger also because Chelsea Carey and Colin Hodgson are like the lowest ranked team in the event. So they're over there, but, uh, yep. but so maybe a slight edge to pool B I'll, I'll say that your comment then is fiction. Fiction. There is a stronger pool. So pool B is Lisa Weagle, John Epping, Rachel Holman and John Morris, Val Sweeting and Mark Kennedy, Clancy Grandy and Patrick Jansen, Bobby Sauter, Brendan Botcher, Kim Tuck and Wayne Tuck, Laurie St. George and Felix Asselin and Chelsea Carey and Colin Hodgson. Those are the eight teams in pool B. It's remarkable to me, Scott, too. The just overall, the amount of familial connections that are part of these teams. Like if you look, mm-hmm. Clancy Grandy and Patrick Jansen are married, as are Bobby Sauter and Brendan Botcher, as are the Tucks. Uh, Laurie St. George and Felix Asselin uh, are partners. Mm-hmm. It really is kind of remarkable uh, at how, how often that happens. Same case on the other side with uh, Sahidic and Lott. Uh, they're, of course, together. Uh, the Desjardins father and daughter team. It, it, there's a lot of family connections and Lauren and Shane too, I believe are, are partnered. So uh, just a lot of, of connections, tight connections here uh, across the pools and pool a is Nancy Martin with Tyrell Griffith, Selena Negevin. She is filling in for Jennifer Jones playing with Brent Lang, 
Shannon Burchard and Catlin Schneider, Sahidik and Lot, the defending runner-ups at the Canadian Mixed. Sil- silver medalists, we'll call them. There you go. Silver medalist. Uh, Laura Walker, Kirk Myers, past champions. The Desjardins, also, I believe, certainly past playoffs, if not past champions from a few years ago. Wassel Q and Konings and Kerry Anderson playing with Brad Jacobs, who is filling in for Brad Gushu here. So those are the two pools. Those are the 16 teams. Scott, I, I, I don't know. When I wrote down my statement of one of the pools is, or excuse me, the two pools are even, I wrote maybe B is stronger. Mm. I, I don't know, though, because Walker and Myers, Sahidic and Lott are so good at this discipline, as are Nancy Martin and Tyrell Griffith. Yeah. Uh, and Shannon Burchard's great. Uh, Selena Negevin and Brent Lang, who knows how a, a new pairing will go. Same thing with Carrie Anderson and Brad Jacobs never having played together. That's always curious to see. Mm-hmm. Of course, it worked four years ago. Yeah. We'll see if it works this time. So you're saying fiction, though on the pools being even yeah that's my gut reaction is that uh, pool b is stronger but you know i could be wrong (laughs) all right let's move on to statement number three scott power play efficiency is the most important stat power play efficiency yeah i'm gonna say yes uh that's a fact everybody here is great shot makers right everybody can make all the shots what these games are going to come down to is how effectively you use your power play uh, if you're able to generate the, those big multiple point ends on the power play, I think that will, uh, at the end of the week, we will see the teams with the higher power play efficiency up towards the top of the standings. Yeah, we, we've certainly seen that in the past at the national championships, at the world championship, where power play efficiency really comes into play, that the more points you get on power play efficiency, if you can average one and a half Mm-hmm. If you can get to two or over two, then you're really crushing it. Like if you can guarantee yourself almost multiples every time you use it, it puts you in such a strong point relative to the rest of the field. So if you can do that, you're usually going to be in a good shape. I know a lot of people, I think John Morris might fall into this category, loves to save it for a defensive reason. Yeah. If you have a lead, then you can get the rocks off to the side. You don't have to worry about a steal. Uh, but overall, I think the the better you are with the power play, that that's where we might see some separation here in the field. And I say that only because we've seen that before at other events. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got it uh, bang on. Using it defensively does maybe bring your percentage down. But if you're using it defensively, it's probably because you're winning. So yeah, uh, you're still winning those games. So I, I think that, yeah, we'll we'll look for that trend come the end of the week to the higher higher teams and it might not necessarily hurt your numbers either because if you're up and it's late in the game you're using it defensively the other team's going to go hard for a steal in whatever way they can and as we see so often you might crack a big number that way too yeah exactly exactly all right statement number four scott i alluded to this earlier but experience together will matter this week and that new teams do not have a chance fiction sean fiction the mixed doubles is so dependent on shot making we've seen it before we we see it almost every event there's teams that haven't played that much together like the the reason that there's so many four-person championship caliber curlers that come and win mixed doubles is because shot making is the most important thing 
the, the communication aspect is not as much as it would be on a four person team. There's not as many egos in the room. Like you say, a lot of these teams are, are people who are partners in real life. So they make for good partners on the ice uh, already. Yeah. And if you're, a, a great shot maker, that's what's going to separate you from the rest of the field. It's not going to be that, oh, we live together and have great communication. It, you know, if you, if you can't make those draws, you're, you're not going to win in mixed doubles. So the, the two teams that really this falls into is Selena Negev and Brent Lang, Carrie Anderson and Brad Jacobs. And I do think that if this was four years ago, I would say that Anderson and Jacobs didn't really have a chance. But because of the progression, I think, of Brad Jacobs, the that might work. And we saw how Kerry Anderson worked with Brad Gushu and Brad Jacobs isn't quite as talkative as Gushu is, but he's gotten more talkative over the years and, and gotten a lot more positive too. Like yes, more in the mold of a Brad Gushu being positive on the ice. So, yeah. So I think that could potentially work. Of course, Kerry Anderson did win this, so no issues there. Mm-hmm. And Brad Jacobs can make any shot he needs to uh, Negevin and Lang. That one's going to be interesting to see a pretty big age difference there uh, relative to a lot of the other teams. So who knows how that will go, if that matters at all, probably doesn't. But it, for that one, it'll just be a case of the shot making, I think, for, for them. I mean, mm-hmm. Brent Lang's been around long enough. He's played with enough people. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and so Lena Negevin's a great player. It's just, do they stack up in this particular field with these other teams? I don't know. So if they don't win, I don't think it's going to be because they're new together. Yeah, that's not going to be the reason. It's going to be, it's going to come down to the shots made. All right. In a similar vein, Scott, statement number five, the specialists, the mixed doubles specialists have a chance to win. And I will go through who I consider the specialist in this field. So I'm going to say, that the Desjardins, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. are specialists. Wassel Q and Konings, the Tucks, and I'm going to put Sahidic and Lot in there, even though maybe not specialist specialists, but that certainly this has been their focus. So I'm going to say those four teams I'm going to identify as the specialists. Yeah, then uh, Sahidic and Lot have a chance to win. So yes, that's that's a fact. I don't think the other three do. Okay. I, I might throw Nancy Martin and Terrell Griffith in that uh, specialist category too, uh, since Terrell took a step back from playing in the four-person game at the end of the last quad. But, you know, the, they, they both have long track records in, in the four-person game. So I, I think there's a chance that uh, Sahidic and Lot win this. They, they showed their metal, I guess, uh, over the last four years, especially the last couple at the national championships. And I wouldn't be surprised you know, if they were putting on those jackets come the end of the week, would you? No, I, they have everything they need to to win. They have all the shots. They have the experience mm-hmm. doing this. The, they've had great success at the mixed doubles national level. So, no, I, I would not be surprised necessarily if they made it. Certainly, I don't think they're the favorite going into it. I don't know if there is necessarily a favorite, mm-hmm. a singular favorite, but I don't think they're going to be top of mind for most folks. But, yeah, they're certainly capable of winning. And... I, I agree with you, though, on the other three. I think we have, I, I, sadly to me, I think, gotten to the point where the mixed double specialists who aren't playing on tour, aren't playing with a four-person team, don't necessarily have a chance because those tour players are just so good at this point that 
maybe four years ago, one of them could have potentially won. Certainly, if we were eight years ago and Curling was in the Olympics, which of course it was not, or mixed doubles was in the Olympics, which of course it was not, that's when you did see the Tucks winning the mixed doubles nationals and going yeah. to the world championship. And and that those days are pretty much gone. Yeah, pretty much. It's about reps at the high level, right? If you're not yeah. if you're not getting enough reps in a game playing, throwing the shots, then it's hard to replicate that success when you do go up against the best shot makers in the world. All right. So Scott, the last statement, statement six about the mixed doubles curling trials. A player who wasn't participating at the event in Saskatoon, the four-person trials, will win and represent Canada at the Olympics. I, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go. Fiction on that one. All right. So out of the thirty-two, let's go through who was not there. Nancy Martin, Tyrell Griffith, they're a team together. Yeah. You got Sahidic was not there. Colton yeah. Lott did play. Uh, the Desjardins were not there. Uh, Wassel Q and Konings were not there. Uh, so that's everyone from Pool A. Over on Pool B, Clancy Grandy, and I'm going to say Patrick Jansen. He was there, but he wasn't sort of on a team proper. The Tucks, Laurie St-Georges, Felix Asselin, and Chelsea Carey was not there either. Uh, and I'm counting the fifth. Like You weren't on the team proper, so I'm saying you weren't there. So those are the teams that could be eligible. Okay, well, I I was counting that if they were... It's only two players. That's Jansen and Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is like if half the team wasn't there, that still counts because that's one player that... Yeah, a a player, a singular player who wasn't in Saskatoon has a chance to represent Canada. Yeah, yeah, there is a chance. I would say it's a slim chance. So like... Maybe okay, 20. so my statement is will, though. So the statement is will. A will, player who wasn't in Saskatoon will represent Canada. Then I'm going to say fiction. It's not going to happen as much as we might like to see it. But the greatness of the shot makers among those who are there in Saskatoon is going to prevail come the end of the week. I'm going to pick Rachel Holman and John Morris to to make this. All right. Win this event. Okay. Both of them were, of course, in Saskatoon. That's right. To mixed levels of success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very mixed. Very mixed, uh, for sure. So uh, there you have it, Scott. I, I think I'm going to go with Sweden and Mark Kennedy. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I'm going to go with the lefty connection there uh, to come through. Those two players are, are very, very good. But this is a good field overall. I think this will be a lot of fun to see yeah. who wins. Yeah, it's a really good field. Do we know, Sean, I was trying to look up uh, before we started today, do we know how much is going to be on cbcsports.ca? Uh, I haven't seen their full schedule yet, no. Uh, but I would assume multiple draws a day. Certainly all the playoffs will be on there yeah. and the final. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be a lot. They've made a big deal about this. You know, it's, I, I'd be surprised if it's not wall-to-wall. Okay. I, I hope it's wall-to-wall because um, it's going to be cold next week. So Yeah. Ain't nothing else to do. So... Uh, <laughs> There you go. The format for this with the two pools, each team will play a round robin schedule. So you get seven games and then six teams are going to make the playoffs. Whoever finishes first in each pool gets a buy into the final four. And then the second place and third place teams will cross over and play each other in a game. The losers of those games are out. 
And then we get into a double knockout playoff mm-hmm. in order to get into a championship game. So it's not quite a page. It's page adjacent. It's like it's like a page if everybody was in the one-two game, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's like everybody gets seeded one through six is what you said, right? Yeah, but the top two are through. So the two pool winners are automatically one and two. Correct. And then... Yeah, then the rest are seated based on record and I guess draw to the button. If there's a tie, yeah. Because I, I assume there will be ties, but uh, yeah. And then you get a double knockout. Uh, it's it's not really a double knockout because if you're the f- three, three, four, five, or six seed, you play a single elimination. It's kind of like the NFL. What's well, a single elimination to get into a double knockout? Yeah, single elimination to get to a double knockout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, three through six play. The winners of that join the two pool winners in a double knockout. So you play in that double knockout to get into a final game. There is going to be a singular championship game. It's not going to be a scenario where oh, this team has to beat this team twice. Right. So you're still going to have one championship game to get there. But yes, it, it it's somewhat convoluted. Uh, I certainly understand. Uh, we might not be doing the greatest job of explaining it. But yeah, six teams in, four playoff and single elimination. The four that are left, double elimination to a championship game. Just that easy, Scott. Oh, it's just that easy. Yeah. <laughs> who who yeah. came up with this? <laughs> yeah. And we will say, too, there are no tiebreakers at this event. So if you are tied for third in your pool... <clears throat> Uh, with one other team, whoever won that game is in, other teams out. If it's three teams and everyone beat each other, it's going to the last stone draw. So teams could be eliminated here on last stone draw. I don't know if it's necessarily likely, but certainly it's possible. And that would be unfortunate for them. But, you know, that's just sort of the way it's going in curling. And curling Canada, in this case, has certainly leaned into that. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's sort of a way to guarantee the broadcast partners that we guarantee the games will be at this time. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you have too many tiebreakers, like we saw at the four-person trials that the men's was moved because the women's tiebreakers were on. And uh, I I mean, it wasn't a big deal but no. for me. But uh, I don't know, maybe some people bought a ticket for, an, for a draw wanting to see, I don't know, the men's semifinal and instead saw the women's and were upset i don't know well they shouldn't have been that game was terrible (laughs) i agree (laughs) you know they didn't you didn't miss much Uh, it was great that they were able to play with another sheet going because otherwise i don't know what we would have gotten top 10 curling shots of all time three straight times (laughs) afterwards to fill the time on csn well they wouldn't have been allowed to shake right no they well i don't know they i don't know we haven't seen anything they might have got fined still yeah i think they should have been but yeah, yeah, they probably were. and uh, But there's nothing you can do. Like, if you're the officials, you can't say you have to play. If they're saying, we're done. You can say it. <laughs> but they're still good. But if they're going to walk off, they're going to walk off. I mean, at this point in his career, Kevin Cooey probably doesn't really care. Yeah. He'll pay the fine and be done with it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And Curling Canada is not going to suspend Kevin Cooey and say, you can't come to national championships anymore. That's not going to happen. Maybe for one year, but probably not. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that's sort of the situation there. It'll be fun to watch how these 16 teams go for it. Uh, a lot of pressure, slightly less than the four person teams. You, you don't get the sense that 
these events or this event, the the mixed doubles, has carries that same pressure for the players as what we see at the four person events. So I think this will be a little looser, a little more relaxed. The players certainly enjoy this format. It'll be more than a typical mixed doubles event, but not as much as what we saw in Saskatoon. So it should be a, a good time to sit back. Hopefully, everyone has uh, an opportunity to get some time off, recharge over this period, and maybe watch some mixed doubles curling. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just say, uh, hope that everybody stays safe and stays healthy. The world is changing again, and it's uh, the, the uneasiness is not easy. Uh, that's why it's called uneasy, I guess. But uh, it's uh, hope everybody's feeling okay and feeling in the right mindset and, and feeling safe. Yes, absolutely. Sending our best wishes to everybody out there in, in the midst of everything going on. And, and certainly we hope that this event as well uh, is able to be pulled off safely out there in Manitoba. And uh, as we say, things could change. As we sit here, it is scheduled to go forward. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that it can be done in a safe manner for everybody's sake. Uh, Scott, this is the last time that we're going to sit record here in 2021. We do have an episode planned for next week, but uh, all that's done. It's all recorded. So last chance for 2021. What's your sentiment on the year? Is, Is there a way to recap it? And what are you maybe looking forward to in 2022? Well, from a from a curling perspective 2021 gave us a lot right it was mm-hmm. a lot of curling overall life-wise i would say 2021 was pretty good for me certainly comparing to 2020 i would i would say for most people probably 2021 was better than than 2020 i'm honestly looking forward to a little bit more normalcy even than we had those last half of 2021 it would be nice to, you know, not have to worry about COVID when I'm planning all sorts of things. And then the plans get disrupted and my plan B's get disrupted and all like, you know, it would be nice to just have something go as planned. <laughs> yeah, that would be swell indeed. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh how about, how about you, Sean? For me, I think 2021 was interesting, certainly from a curling perspective. A lot happened. There was a, a very unique year that, as we talked about last week on the Stony Awards, certainly going to remember it for a while. Uh, on a personal note, yeah, big changes for me in 2021 uh, in certain areas and uh, just looking forward to a, a brighter, happier 2022 for everybody out there. If uh, Hopefully we can accomplish that. Yeah, and hopefully we, you know, bring a little bit of uh, levity and uh, fun into everyone's ears while they're uh, listening to us yammer on about curling. <laughs> Certainly is the goal, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening out there. Uh, whether you listen each episode, you find us occasionally around the big events, whatever it is, we certainly appreciate uh, everyone uh, sharing their time with us. It's a, a great privilege for us, and we certainly. Uh, we, I'm, I'm always amazed when I look at the numbers that people uh, are listening and following along with us. And we certainly enjoy it. Uh, and, and I've loved the interactions with everybody, especially this year, where the personal in, in-person interactions were minimal at best. It was great to have some uh, some online interaction too. 
try as best we could to fill that void. Absolutely, Sean. So that's going to be it for 2021 for us. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you have not yet, please do subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. Do likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff. Helps keep the show growing and keeps us chugging along here as we head into the new year. You can also head on over to GameOfStonesPod.com. All of our past episodes are there. Plus, if you click on the merch tab, you can get yourself some Game of Stones gear with all the proceeds from the t-shirts going to Food Banks Canada, all the proceeds from the other products going to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. We are matching those and we'll have a full update on how much was donated in our first episode in 2022. We have the numbers. We'll see if anything comes in before the end of the year to get a full sense of what happened in 2021 on that front. But as we always say, if you just want to donate... Uh, We're not going to object to that, especially around this time of year. And of course, do feel free to let us know what you want to hear on the show or if there's other merch things that you want over at GameOfStonesPodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at GameOfStonesPod. So there you have it. A full year in the life of curling is completed and uh, Scott's now it's just time to uh, get some R&R. What, what are your big plans here for the rest of the year? Well, um, I'm going to get a massage later today. My, my neck's a little stiff. So uh, try to work that out. I've uh, got a lot of Christmas movies all queued up, you know, each night a different Christmas movie. We've got some house guests in town. Uh, our folks arrived here yesterday. So, uh, you know, we're planning all our meals we're gonna have some good family time i have lots of beer (laughs) lots of wine uh lots of food and we're just gonna take that time to be together as best we can and celebrate uh, the season very nice well enjoy yourself scott be safe over there maybe i'll join you who knows yeah, hope to hope to see you over here, Sean. Uh, we'll see. Be nice. We'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. If not, see, see if not, out. I got a bunch of the food here. Yeah, that's mostly why you have to come over because <laughs> you've got some food. Yeah. That, uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, but uh, just trying to follow all the public health guidance and advice as we uh, celebrate a healthy and a happy, and hope that everyone out there, in whatever way you can, uh, celebrate. Uh, with those you love healthy happy we wish all the best for everybody at this time of year and certainly heading into the new year so as i said we'll be back with a episode for you next week but until we speak again keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern make the final